0: Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe.
1: Hello, 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 and welcome to Believe. That's B-L-E-A-V in Lions right here on the Believe Podcast Network. I'm your host at Javanaugh87, Jack Kavanaugh, and I understand that it might be hard, to believe in the Detroit Lions right now. We're sitting at 0 and 8. But I also want you to understand that I am joined once again by the governor, the 63rd overall pick in the 1987 yeah. NFL draft by the Detroit Lions, a Motor City legend, a three time Pro Bowler, former All Pro, a man with 32 and a half career sacks, Mr. Icebox himself jerry wrecking ball how's it going jerry
0: man everything is good jack I, I can't complain about what's going on in my home but i'm sure some of the detroit line players and coaches right now just not feeling too good they got a lot on their mind i'm sure
1: that's how i'm feeling too the personal life is good you know i get to talk with my buddy jerry life is good but unfortunately not so good in terms of on the field product right now
0: yeah tough
1: it's tough but you know what's not tough is betting online at betonline.ag you spent some money this weekend i hope you didn't take the lines because i know i did and i lost a little bit
0: there. i, I, I did and I, I took a loss you know, but hey, bet online, you know, still the best place to place your bed and stuff. College football, basketball, baseball, all, you know, we're also hoping that the Astros do a little bit better and finish these things out. But I tell you, the lines themselves and stuff, we hurting.
1: We're hurting real bad. The good news is, I think you mentioned you were take, put, putting a bet down on SMU and they stomped yep. two lanes. So you can feel good about that at least course <laughs> go mustangs and go to BetOnline.ag. they are back and better than ever a new web interface for the start of basketball season more props odds and lines than ever before bet online remains your number one spot for all of the basketball and football action this season so head to the new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Just jo- use our promo code BELIEVE50, that's bleav A V five zero to receive your bonus. From basketball, football, baseball postseason, NHL, boxing, and UFC, right down to your favorite Vegas casino games, do not wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet all of your favorite sports bet online where the game starts. And I almost wish this game didn't start. Lions lose 44 to six, went into halftime down 17, nothing too. That was manageable give up 21 points in the third quarter. Detroit doesn't get on the board until seven minutes left in the ball game. That was terrible. Both teams were playing their backups at that point. Nice to see Jamar Jefferson get his first career score. But outside of that, how are we feeling?
0: Wow, man. I tell you, um, out of all the teams, you know, I really thought that the Lions had an opportunity to get a win playing Philadelphia. Their team that was struggling in its own right and stuff, had a lot of, I guess you would say, um, questioning of the coach's strategy and some of his philosophical, but clearly they they heard his message and they responded in a way that, you know, not only did they win the game, but they did it in such a convincing way that it really makes you have to look at the lines because for a team that was, I would say, struggling at a level, you know, to come in and just manhandle you up front like that, both on the run and on quarterback getting hit and sacked and stuff. It it was just one of those things where you just could not, The Lions could not get their rhythm going at no level. I think, you know, when they missed the field goal, you know, that I think that was like a sign of what was to come.
1: (laughs) It really was the first missed field goal since week one. The Lions were without their special teams coordinator because he was on the COVID-19 list, and it just went downhill from there. Have you ever been a part of a blowout like this? What's that like on the sideline, in the locker room, and the next practice?
0: Well, I, I tell you, it gets very edgy in, in the meeting rooms. It's very edgy on the field, in the huddles, because you're trying to correct it. And, you know, if a guy's having a hard day and he's not adjusting this stuff, you know, you'll get the light put on you. But when that light is on you, you have to respond or they're going to have to make some type of change. So it gets to a point where, as when you take a a lopsided whooping like that, every job, it should be evaluated. You know, you got to look at every position. Are we putting them in the best position to win? Are we playing the right personnel in combination? Are we putting the guys in the best possible way of winning? But then also they got to get past some of the other things that, you know, I've said earlier and stuff. Eventually you got to get past some of the talking and, and, and get to some basic football stuff that's going to be real. That's not going to be, you know, Sergeant Carter talking to Gomer Paul type stuff. And even if you know Sergeant Carter, he made a lot of demand on Gomer Paul, but Gomer the one that always proved to be right. So it was coming from the opposite end. So maybe the coach might want to start listening to if the players have some adjustment, maybe they don't just come from the coaches now.
1: And you talked about getting back to basic, something that clearly the lions need. They only had 11 completions. They as in the Eagles only 114 yards passing. And that's because they ran all over the Detroit lions 236 yards on the ground. And this wasn't even about leaky tackles like you've talked about in the past. They were getting full-on juked by Boston Scott and Jalen Hurts, not even making contact. The one that drove me the craziest was 3rd and 12, Jalen Hurts drops back into his own end zone. They get a little bit of pressure on him, skirts up the middle, 20-yard game. And that... Painful, painful, and no push from the D-line, bullied by the Eagles offensive line. And Michael Brockers came out after the game said he does stand by Dan Campbell and that the coaches can't want it more than the players. What do you think he means by that? And is there anyone he's particularly calling out or just the team in general?
0: Well, you know, let's just say this, you know, you know, as a player, he should rally and players should rally behind the coach. But he also has to make sure that himself, you know, that he's carrying the torch, that he's doing the thing that's necessary for the team to win. When you start taking a position, because you see, sometimes when a player will come to the defense of a coach and it might be seen as, you know, um, I'm not going to say a conflict of interest as much as it is a player has to be careful. He could lose a lot of respect in the locker room. You know? But then at the same time, you want everyone in the room to have each other's back. So he's doing, in that regard, what he should do. Um, You know, the way that the lines I'll tell you how I knew that it was bad. When Jalen Hurts is actually running a running play, all right, now think, you know, Lamar Jackson, Jalen Hurts, they all got a little mobility. But when you actually run in a play and you're going to put your quarterback at risk, that means you're comfortable. You know, so they were comfortable in what they were doing and they were comfortable letting Jalen move around in the pocket to the point that he got a lot of big runs. But he had some design runs where his options, either give it to the fullback or the back that's in the dive or take it to the corner. A couple of times it was a full, he was taking it to the corner. No dive, no anything. He had no no actually decision that he was ever going to hand that ball off. And when that's happening, that means that the quarterback can get to the edge, and that means lose containment. So I think, you know, it's some of the things that I've seen, even from a physical set, they made the guy sweat look like he was Reggie White. You Mm -hmm. know, he ran through two guys, the tight end, which I felt, you know, really didn't, you know, put forth the necessary effort to chip him you know really you know it's just one of those things. they 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 look bad in a lot of ways and and, and really not trying to rag on them but you know it was some bad football out there and they wasn't hustle I didn't hustling I didn't like the fact they were doing a lot of standing around pushing and everything I
1: and- like you said, we don't want to rag on the Lions too much, but we have a job to do. We've got to talk about it. Yeah. And there, there were times where there was instant pressure up the middle, so Goff just gets that, those happy feet. He starts sprinting backwards, and then there's no way that Panay can stop the guy getting around the edge because he's now 15 yards deep. You can't stop a freak athlete like that getting around, and so it was just multiple levels of bad football at times nice to see Darius Slay I suppose he got a touchdown in his uh, former home stadium Avante Maddox too he's the one that forced the fumble on DeAndre Swift and talk about DeAndre Swift that was disappointing performance from him to say the least do you think part of that was missing Jamal Williams to get everyone fired up before the game
0: no, no, I, I I, think that it really came down to Philadelphia's defensive line, handled the, the line, the, the Lions line, and Swift really couldn't get started in that way, you know, and when you looked at if you go back and look at the game, you will also see that when the Lions running backs were getting tackled, it would be four. Eagles on him and it would be four Detroit line offensive linemen standing up around the pile. You know, and that if you're biting somebody and putting your pads on them, your contact is going to go until the Wilson say stop. But when it was stopping, they had already stopped before the play stopped. And that, you know, is a tell to either they were tired, but they look, they look very uh, lethargic.
1: And one of You're the not. things that I noticed was the Eagles, they traditionally don't blitz their linebackers a ton. They usually try to get profesh- pressure with four. They mixed it up. They were blitzing the linebackers, and the Lions just had no counterpunch for that. They were getting clean shots at the QB. Is that because Frank Ragnow is gone and he was making the calls at the line? Now some the rookie has to, or Jared Goff has to?
0: How's well, yeah, well, at any point that you have a veteran center that's been your field general, you know, outside of the quarterback, the center is the field general. He's the one going to get the protections going in the right direction. He's going to want to identify who they think is priority from the inside out. He's going to identify in most cases who the actually blitzing person is. So that center definitely had a job. And because Philadelphia was giving them a look that they didn't really show, I'm sure that it created, you know, some problems for them. And it's very hard because you got to really understand that you're making decisions in five seconds. You come up to the ball, right? Put your hand on the ball. Quarterback looks at the clock, and then he starts his cadence. And now five seconds, if you're going to make any calls, you got to do it then before he finishes that cadence. And one of, no. the things,
1: one of the other things with the Eagles linebackers, they healthy scratched Eric Wilson, who had been a starter for them. And they went with some younger, more athletic players, which probably hurt as well. And maybe that's something the Lions need to start thinking about is injecting those young players who... Aren't gonna stand around the pile because that's embarrassing, and that's what Lomas Brown had to say after the game. He does the post game uh, content on the Detroit Lions YouTube page, and he was saying it was embarrassing, especially with it being Alumni Day.
0: Yeah, 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 and 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 to get a lump in like a lump like that on Alumni Day and honoring the Chris and stuff. You know, yeah, yeah, that 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 was that wasn't what we called a good look.
1: (laughs) No, and I have to imagine that's one of the reasons they scheduled alumni day and Chris's induction for this week is because they thought they could get a win. And that was not the case.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, no, the, the alumni day, just so you know, um, it's actually decided before the season what game is going to be. So before they play the first game, they give us a date in October. It is always in October, though. It's mm-hmm. one October. And so, you know, they could have been, you know, six and one. You know what I mean? But I just feel that right now, um, they got to do better than rally the troop. You know, they got to have some heart to hearts. You know, everyone has to do what we call get butt naked. You know, and I'm not talking about literally butt naked. I was
1: going to let you finish it. I wasn't going to push you on that until you. I,
0: I just want to be clear. world, <laughs> Men, ladies, kids. What I mean when I say that is that, let your natural emotions come to the top so everyone will know how you feel. Because sometimes when you're in a emotional environment that is competitive, you know, one guy emotion and being shared can be the catalyst that sparked the change but you got to feel free enough to say it or be upset enough to say it. For whatever reason, there the leadership with the players has to grab the bull by the horn right now, and either out of anger or necessity, someone is going to have to shake the room. Then from a coach's standpoint, I think the coaches are going to have to not give – it's like um, some of the language that's associated with how we describe performance and results can be equivocating on the points that needs to be said. As an example, we didn't block well. Well, hell no, you didn't block well. No, what you need to say is that We need to block well by getting in our technique and making sure that we're keeping our pad levels at a certain height and keeping pad pressure on the man versus reaching. Now he just talked to some specifics of what they need to do that anyone can visually see. Oh, they're not really putting their body on. They're reaching for them. You know, and when you are talking about blocking techniques, those are some things that a coach can say that a player like, oh, and it'll click. But as a fan, you know, when you get the general, you know, statement, oh, well, we didn't block well up front and stuff, well, really, what didn't you do? And so it's good for the general public conversation to talk like that, but for the team, he needs to get into those techniques. He needs to get into what he sees. And he has to be open enough that he allows the players to tell him where they're disagreeing. And if they're disagreeing, because here's the reality if I'm playing a coverage, and I'm not comfortable in the coverage because I know I run a 4-5 and most of the receivers coming out there is a 4-3. And you're telling me that you want me to press him on this coverage, but you want me to come up and bump him. And I know that if I miss him and he runs 4-3 and I run 4-5, I'm in a chase position. Okay? Now, I might be uncomfortable, but coach is asking me to do it, so I'm attempting to do it. But if coach is talking so much rah-rah and get your ass in line or uh, I want you to do it like this and don't, I don't want to hear nothing when it get like that, then he can miss a lot of good coaching points where he can go and make a corrective thing because he doesn't understand this is why he's playing it that way. This is why he's cheating outside because he knows all his inside help is what he's going to need because he's got to get that safety over top, but he wants the safety to see he probably going to be running free. You know, so it's little things like that that he has to get into the player's psyche. He has to figure out. This is what I said. If you remember when the Lions went 0 and 16, right? Mm-hmm. They did do that, right?
1: Unfortunately, they did go 0 and 16.
0: Oh, okay. Yeah. Now, do you know at 0-16 that you or and I could have been the head coach and got those results?
1: Mm-hmm. In what way?
0: You're 0-16. Oh, oh, sorry,
1: sorry. Yes, sorry. I misunderstood. <laughs> yes.
0: Yeah, yeah. If, 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 so it wasn't about the record. It was about the performance. So how do we get the team to perform because these are pros and they are assembled together, but whatever it had that team, whereas they couldn't get it shook and went on 16, he has a chance at mid season and mid season by to reconstitute his foundation. And matter of fact, it just, you know, like today, you know, I got up and, I didn't really have much plans to do much today, but I started repotting my, my pots for my herbs and my gardens because the freeze froze all my stuff and I'm, I'm planting flowers and I'm mixing old dirt with new dirt, getting it some nutrients and stuff. He has to go get his hand in the dirt and he got to repot his message and make sure it's planted on good soil. He got to make sure that he's fertilizing it with knowledge, instruction, and understanding. So that when the team grows, we'll see the fruit of that work. That's the you thing with
1: the Eagles, too. We, people made fun of Nick Sirianni's gardening analogies, but it resonated with the team clearly, based on they the way they
0: They responded, you know? They responded, you know, but I I think that honestly, I I know that the organization is shook and I'm sure that upper management meaning ownership and those that's close got to be looking like, okay, we just need a break. But actually, you know, I know it's tough. No, it's tough. You know, to know that the best you can do right now is be a 500 club. Mm-hmm. That's the best you can be.
1: Yeah, it doesn't give a lot to sort of look forward to at this point.
0: And the second half of the season, you got to go see Minnesota. Got Green Bay again. Got Chicago again.
1: I've got the Cardinals, got the Seahawks with Russell Wilson back healthy. It's there's a lot on the horizon to uh, not look forward to. And the Lions fans, even now, there was a lot of booze on Sunday. The loudest <laughs> the booze got were when it looked like Jared Goff threw it away on fourth down to end the game <laughs> he clarified after that he wasn't throwing it away this time that it was a physical error not a mental error and that it was an overthrow but does it really matter at this point and do you think the boos from the home fans are starting to get to golf
0: well he- here's a fact i mean everyone is human and we have some emotional intelligence that would say that some things would affect us at some level. I don't mm-hmm. care who we, are, we can walk around. The only way it probably wouldn't matter if we if we were a moot, you know, but you know, he's human. He's going to make mistakes. But like I said earlier and before is that the quarterback has a sword that cuts two ways it can cut for and it can cut against them and in the area of all of the team the owner general manager head coach quarterback <laughs> that's the they don't even mess with the coordinators they go from the head coach to the quarterback These are the people responsible for whether or not we're winning. And then everybody else just fall into their roles. But that's the heads. All right. So Jared has to be, you know, filling some of what his role is as the quarterback, just like when he was with the Rams, he had success. He benefited in that way and had the experience of having it. Now he's on the other side of the coin. Now, because he has had that other experience, he should be able to take from that and instill some of it into his play and even to the players that are around him. For whatever reason and whatever system that they're putting in place, he has to be the general, the field general. Make, he's the one that has to make it work. So he has to really be stronger mentally than everyone on the field with the exception of the head coach, offensive coordinator and defense coordinators, because they got to keep their head in the game and on the strategy. Other than that quarterback head has to stay solid.
1: And it's, it's starting to seem like everything is starting to pile up. The, they're People have been talking for weeks about mo- making a move at quarterback, turning to David Blau. He ends up getting in for the final drive but doesn't make a pass. He scrambles and takes a sack. I I don't think that serves any purpose, honestly, at this point.
0: No. Well, it, it could it could serve to get the guy some experience. But at this point, honestly, Jared Goff needs to finish this season out. He needs to maintain the reins on this team because if he hits his stride and plays well, then that gives him something to build on going for next year. But also, this is a crazy league, you know? And a lot of teams can knock each other off. And next thing you know, you got a crazy wild card and an 8 and 18 get in. So until they're like seven, You know, uh, let me not say this. Let's hope they don't lose anymore at this point. But we know for a fact that a 500 team chances of getting in is, I guess Vegas would probably have that 300 million to one. (laughs)
1: When you look at it, though, it, it's it's still possible because with the seventh game, we've got the Packers, the Cardinals, the Rams, the Cowboys, and the Buccaneers. They're all locked in. Saints, now they've lost Jameis Winston. They're iffy in that sixth seed. And the Panthers at four and four are in that seventh seed. So if something can snap this bye week, if they can go on a run and get things right at in just somehow – it could well, end up being interesting, at least. Well,
0: it's going to be more than interesting if any of that happened. That means that everybody fell off. <laughs> eh,
1: never say never, Jerry. Never.
0: I, I, I didn't say never. <laughs> I, I was just pointing, you know, to uh, a perceptual premise that is almost factual. <laughs>
1: No, it really is. Uh, Factual is a good word in this scenario. And listen, we have to talk about some of these coaching miscues. The the Lions are golf is sacked six times. We already talked about that. The worst sack, though, and Campbell takes ownership of this right before the half, fourth and inches on third and one with 19 seconds left. They hurry up and run the ball for fourth and inches. I don't understand that. You have to call a timeout there. And then on fourth and inches, Goff is sacked, going to half down 24 to nothing instead of down 24 to 7, or even down 24 to 3 if you call the timeout there.
0: Yeah. You know, uh, that's where I in these areas where I try not to rag on Campbell because it's those coaching miscues that really says to me, and I'm coming from a Pro's pro perspective is that he isn't a sound coach in terms of some of the things. He's a very emotional coach in his decisions and and some of his choices of what he chooses. So that can be good, and that, but that it it can be good if it's streaky, all right? But when it's bad and it's streaky, just, just look at. all of the actual probability of these first downs and c- scenarios where he went forward or made some type of quick decision or made a decision that would have been unlike other coaches, house his percentage of success with them. They're not, it's not working, you know? And, and every time, again, you're practicing not getting it. You know, so the players eventually gonna just start feeling like, oh well, here we go again. And why is that? Because we are what we repeatedly do. That's who we are. You know, so if they repeatedly is getting stopped, or they're repeatedly are in situations, and he's making you know, decisions that appear not to be sound, but I'm going to just say it like that, appear to be questionable whether or not you should have chose another um, route or chose another play or another option. That that seems to be one of the themes in every game now. And I could see, you know, again, I hadn't won a game, so I'm going for it. Like, if I'm going to lose, I'm going I'm to lose trying, right? Mhm. No. Uh, go ahead.
1: Oh, I don't nec- I I don't even necessarily disagree with the fourth down call. It's just the the lack of clock awareness, not calling a timeout and then everything that came together. It just was as Dan Campbell said in the press conference, it was a sea of trash that series of events.
0: Again, who's responsible for that sea of trash? If Dan Campbell was to look down that shore and along the beach and he's seen all that trash along the beach, who trash is it?
1: <laughs> he's taken ownership of that trash so far. Well,
0: well, that's one of those things where he doesn't have a choice in the matter.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: He's the head coach. He's the one that's supposed to pre- prepare the, the players. All right? He's the one – when you take a drumming like that, trust me, the owner looking at the coach, damn it being a close game, you got your ass handed to you. Now, what's up, coach? Did You, you didn't get them prepared because we at least would have been in the game. You know, and that's how our owner's going to look at that scenario. But anyway –
1: yeah, and that's one of the things he did say after the game too. He's out coached. The legal formation means they didn't coach it well enough to the players, didn't prepare them. He's not worried about losing the locker room or sending the wrong message. He believes in the message, but thinks they need to reevaluate how it's being delivered <laughs> instead. And Michael Brockers, again, he backed that up, says it's still getting through. The players just need to understand what it is and where it needs to go. So a lot of moving parts on this bye week.
0: Yeah, you know, I think the players need to decompress a little bit, you know, whereas he gives them a little chance to kind of go recuperate maybe a day and a half. Uh, Guys should stay close to Detroit and not try to venture off going back to their homes. Because they are in a situation, whereas honestly, if I was the coach or personnel, general manager, owner, or any of those making the decision, I'm O and eight. I'm looking for players, especially. At the what we period. got working. I'm looking for players, so. The people that's going to be committed, that means that maybe on one of those off days, I come go downstairs in the training room and I see a few of my starters in there getting treated and working out because it's more important that they try to get it right than go home.
1: We're seeing who wants to be here. Who cares? And Dan Campbell did shout out Jalen Reeves-Maben as one of those foundation pieces. Need more players like him where it's 100% no matter what, no matter how down they are, he's trying to get a strip, get a turnover, even come yeah. in late to the pile. Did you play with a lot of guys like that where it was – I know Jerry Ball was yeah. 100% all the time. Yeah, and is that yeah, how yeah. you built –
0: Let me tell you, some of the teams we had with the Lions from 89-91, Ray Clark, Benny Blades, William White, you know, shit, Melvin Jenkins, you know, Chris Spielman, Dennis Gibson, man, shit. That's all we were. We were trying to to get that ball out no matter how it came, you know. And I can say that, yeah, we we had some guys. We're going to fight you to the end. You know, and that was when the younger players like myself and Benny and and Chris, you know, you know, we were the middle of the defense, you know. So the one thing that we had built was probably one of the most solid middles in defense in the NFL. I'm at the nose, Chris at linebacker and Benny at free safety. All of us are pros. Every team that when you're trying to build a team, you start with the middle because the shortest distance to the goal line is straight ahead. So you want to defend your middle, just fundamentally. So when you have guys now that are playing to the end, that shows some character. We were those type of teams. We was 3-13, and 4-12 and 12 and stuff, and learning how to win, learning how to compete, learning how to be – be on that field and keep our head up where it's like, it don't matter what that score, I'm about to bust you in your mouth. We did right? That's right. And then eventually we hit our stride. We hit our stride. And then in November and December, there were no teams had better records than the Lions in November and December when Wayne Farns was our coach. Check that out. Go check it out. You know, he had us ready in the time. It, he had our team peaking at the right time, and that's you know kind of what these guys got to find. They got to find what their plateau is from a peak because right now they, other teams are going to be getting better, so they're going to need to step on their gas this this week and and play some catch up.
1: Who are you looking to to? spark that and be a catalyst for this breakout that we need to see even if it's just slight improvement who needs to step up on the field and in the locker room
0: you know it's very hard for me to to really pinpoint but I'll tell you by positions those that teams look to these positions for their captains and for their I guess you say uh, messaging. A quarterback would be one. Of course. Uh, An offensive lineman that would have enough strength to talk to the whole line, meaning when I say strength, I'm talking about that his word holds. Mm -hmm. See, there's a lot of good men in the NFL, and then there's some bullshit guys, too. And if the bullshit guys are putting forward the message, you got to look at that like, okay, what's your angle? Mm-hmm. All right. Now, if you get you an offensive line where everybody has the same mentality and everybody's, you know, competing at the same level, now you got something. So now the one guy, when he speak, he know he got his, his guys and his brothers back. On the defense, it's the linebackers. But then on the defensive lines, the defensive lines got got to give that linebacker and crew and the secondary, the confidence of knowing that, hey, you handle that on the back end and I'm going to handle this on the front end. So that has to come from a defensive lineman. And that's how the tempos get set. And I'm not saying that the receivers and the backs and all those guys aren't Catalyst and DBs to getting guys riled up. But in the real aspect of it, it's in between that front seven on offense and defense. They're going to be the ones that's truly bringing the emotion from player to player. The wide out there make they play, and it'll get, it's the high. You know, now you do have some guys that's like some flat dogs, like, um, shit. The boy that uh, played with – not boy, man that played with uh, the Steelers, Hines Ward, as an example. You know, there's a guy on offense side that's a receiver that damn sure could have been a linebacker, you know.
1: When it's he's setting of- the edge on a crack block, it, it, it's energizing.
0: Yeah, well, the crack block is just something that you've seen, but he's actually that way blocking them head up hmm. So that's So so you'll get a guy like Heinz Ward because you can see his physicality and you see what he's willing to do and, and how he plays that you will follow that. And that's what guys are, are looking for, who they can follow in the battle. So if it's not a linebacker, a D lineman or offensive lineman that's leading that quarterback, leading that charge, then it's very hard for the receiver to be on the outside Trying to talk to what's going on on the inside,
1: you know, it takes a very special player like Mister Irvin right here to be able to command that fr- from out wide, right?
0: Well, but but he still, he Troy Aikman was in control. True, and then and then what what could Michael Irvin go in there and tell Larry Allen and Nate? Yeah. And Eric Wiggins and Mark Tourney and Mark Stebnanski about playing that was a hell of an offensive line. They getting busy, baby. <laughs> you know what I mean? So what is he gonna motivate them to do? <laughs> this is
1: true. <laughs> this is very true. Is it possible for <clears throat> is it possible for a rookie? to set that tone on the offensive line? Because we've seen Tane Zuel step up at times and be that attitude, but he's so young. So is it possible for that youth to be that voice? Yes,
0: if he was able to really command that presence, and when I say presence, that means that he is dominating. He is doing what I'm saying Hines Ward is doing as a receiver, where he's literally showing his physicality in a way that you like, damn, I, I, man, did you see how he handled him? Whereas, Chase, okay. Now he's getting a respect with it.
1: Chase All Young right? last so, year would be an example. I imagine.
0: Yeah. So, so he has some growing to do and I watched him a couple of series, just looked at him. It didn't matter what the play was. I just looked at his play. Sometimes he get lost in space. And what I mean by when I say lost in space, it's like when a lineman is looking for someone to block and, you know, and you really should be attacking the point and understanding these leverage points. But when you're in space, it can be difficult to say that, you know, you're, you know, an aggressive guy that you're doing what you should do.
1: Thinking too much and playing too little would be a good way to put
0: it. hmm so, yeah, well, it, it might not even be thinking too much as much as it is. You know, he's in the pro game, <laughs>
1: <laughs> and so we—you've talked about how Chris Spielman was a big part of that foundation you had, where it was the core, the nose tackle, the linebacker, the safety, and we, we've got to go out on a high note, I suppose, or at least discuss some positives of this. So. Chris Spielman, 19th member of the Detroit Lions Ring of Honor. Did you have a chance to watch any of the ceremony from home or have you talked to anyone that was there?
0: No, I have not. You know, I have not. You know, I wish I would have had an opportunity to be there. You know, and um, it's a good thing.
1: And so I saw a video, they addressed the fans at halftime, and Chris said that he's being given a second chance to do his best to represent the fans and give them what they deserved. Promised in the very near near future, we will all get what we want. And Lomas Brown spoke to that after the game. Felt the conviction in Chris to turn it around, but like you've talked about, is conviction enough?
0: Yeah, you know... I have... Um... I have a lot of confidence in the idea and the heart of what the attempt is. But I don't you know, know if the organization as a whole truly understand the dynamics outside of what they understand. Because sometimes you can be in a vacuum and I and I made this statement, whereas I was I was seeing where uh, the owner she was saying that she was going to be transparent with the media and the fans and everything, but if you're not transparent with your players first, then you already miss the mark because you will go outside and expose everything outside. To everybody but you won't come inside and be transparent with us of the direction now i'm not saying she didn't come in a meeting and say hey guys we want to win and things like that i'm not talking about that no i'm talking about those decisions that they're talking to chris about and say well why would they talk to those guys talk to chris about or, or to the players about that because they're players too and Chris comes from a different era. And some of what Chris style of play is more like Matt Millen. Chris mindset is more like Macmillan. That don't fit modern football. Now we can get into the debate and all that. Look at it. Fact. <laughs> you, know, you don't see nobody have no coach with a rah-rah. These coaches are respecting the players a lot different than our era. See, back in the day, it used to be you are privileged to play football. So if you're going to have this job, then you're going to take my nonsense. But now they pay the players so much money that the player don't have to take that. And a player can be set for life up front. Okay, which means they have more control now. So you have to as a management team, you have to as an ownership and you have to understand that, yeah, you may have owned this team 40, 50 years and you know the history of what this team been through. But the sport has evolved and it's continued to evolve and it will always evolve, you know, so it's just important that. You know, um, and some of the things that the Lions choose to do that they don't really paint themselves into a box where a fan or a player could say, why does one thing fit this group but don't fit that group? You know? And that's kind of what happens with some of the decisions that are unspoken within the organization because there is no transparency. You know, and again, you know, we don't we're not there every day. We don't know all the things that are being said, we don't know the things, but we do know that there are some things in modern sports that. <laughs> in some areas the lines are very antiquated very antiquated you know that's absolutely. just absolutely
1: and and we don't know what the contract negotiations what those conversations are like but we know what it has been like and we know what it's like for successful teams in the modern day so we need to yeah.
0: we, we well well the contracts all contracts are public information mm-hmm. so that's so it's not I, there's sp- no
1: I'm more speaking to the conversations while negotiating back and forth
0: well but but here's the difference, right? Barry Sanders, as a player had to hold out for a contract mm-hmm, Chris Spielman never had to
1: mm-hmm and so that alone
0: That's- that alone,
1: yeah,
0: okay Barry Sanders. As great a player as he is, from a football perspective, should be able to lend just as much credibility to anything they want to do football-related as a Chris Fieldman.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: okay, or Herman Moore, or but at the long end of it, you know there there are some things that among the players, like even the alumni week, what how guys are looking at what players are invited and what players were not invited. You know, the Lions have a way of doing things that way. And they leave it at the mid-level people to make a decision but those people don't even know the history and don't even know why they're making the decision on why we're not going to call him. They just told him, hey, don't, you know, hey, be careful with him. Okay, well, if we're going to be careful with him. We're not going to invite him. But he should be here, you know. But you take a guy like myself, they'll say be careful with me, but they'll be want them to be careful with me like I'm going to bite their hand. No, I'm going to tell you the truth. Don't ask the question if you don't want the truth. hmm <laughs> That's different. And I do understand discretion. Okay. But if I lie to you and you know that I'm lying to you, will I ever be able to come back and reconstitute that I have integrity? Or will that person walk away from me saying he's a bullshitter? To eliminate that, I just speak to the truth.
1: And it's a good way to be, and we appreciate you for it.
0: I think it's where everybody should be, you know? And if you ain't got nothing good to say, don't say nothing. That's what my parents told me. So I will be quiet a lot, but I'll tell the truth. Anyway, I we you. believe.
1: We do believe. And like, like we were talking about, I hope that those conversations behind closed doors that, haven't been happening with the players, those decisions that are made above transferred to a mid-level employee and then just passed off into the wind. Hopefully those things can change going forward. We can see things stop being so antiquated, as you put it. And former Lions nose tackle Damon Snacks Harrison, he thinks that's actually the case right now. He tweeted after the game, Dan Campbell is one of the few head coaches you'll ever hear take the blame and really mean it. It'll take a couple of seasons to undo what was done, but the players will respect him. And Lomas Brown also said that Dan Campbell took too much of the blame. It's, it's tough to say about that. It was a trash, sea of trash like we talked about. But what do you think about what Snack said where if they can undo what has been done, if they can undo that poor communication and start doing things the right way, Will we see a difference in Detroit?
0: Well, here's the one thing about it. You know, like they tell you don't throw, you know, good money at bad money. You know, Mm -hmm. trying to fix something. Or if you break a, a vessel that holds a liquid, even if you glued it back together, it's never the same. The one thing that I don't think that they can afford to do is actually go back and try to fix what's behind them. What they have to do is study history look at the things that they've been doing good, build on those, the things that they don't do so well, understand why. Is it a personnel issue? Are we overmatched? Is the scheme flawed? Does the scheme and the player personnel match to where we can get the most out of it? So it's a lot of things that they have to evaluate, but I do think this. I think that they got as good a chance as anybody. As long as God keep giving them a day to wake up, they got a choice and a chance.
1: It's professional football. Anyone can win on any given Sunday, except for this Sunday because the Lions are on a bye. So one final question, though, about Snacks Harrison. What do we think about him and his playing career I think he might be one of the best nose tackles in the NFL after Vince, Vince Wilfork retired. Is he up there in your mind?
0: Yeah, he was a solid player. You know, it, it's it, again, you know, the nose, the way that people judge it might be a little different than how I would, you of know, course. because I know what the techniques are and what they're being asked to do. But he was a solid player.
1: Yeah, I, a solid player and a great quote as well, much like yeah. a Jerry Ball, where his yeah. quotes in the media were always legendary and still are to this day.
0: Sometimes, Sometimes.
1: Sometimes. From time to time on this podcast, on the Believe in Lions podcast. And so before we head out here, any fragrance recommendations? I'm assuming there's no Dark Rebel for Dan Campbell. There's no King for DeAndre Swift and no Allure for the team.
0: Man, we're not gonna waste any fragrance on that. They stunk it up too much that they need to take a shower first <laughs> or wash it off.
1: It's like the kid in elementary school that instead of showering just covers himself in axe body spray. That's yeah, that's what we'd be doing here, and we can't afford that. I'm well, saying,
0: this, this is their look. <laughs>
1: Cover the face, the the old paper bag.
0: Hey, dark rubber. They, uh, I tell you, man, I, I believe that, you know, these groin pains can have some benefit, though. You know, if you look at the Cowboys, the Cowboys was just like this. They was just like this, taking them lumps, and then two years later, they're in the playoffs. That third year, they didn't want everything. And next thing you know, in those six, seven years, they ran out three championships.
1: That's something to aspire to be. And even with the Cowboys last night, they won with a backup quarterback. It seems like they might be turning it around in Dallas as well. You can always turn it around in the NFL unfortunately though i don't think we can turn it around and give anyone a pb and j play of the day or baller of the weekend i don't think we can give that to anyone at this point
0: no no not no lopsided win loss like that you know we're gonna keep that in the bag
1: (laughs) i think we have to and i think before we head out we have to make sure we get those pluggables plugged so make sure you follow at Jerry Ball 93 on twitter and is there anywhere else that we want to plug and give our attention to jerry
0: hey just like subscribe and leave a comment it helps us with our algorithm and stay tuned because we got a lot of good things coming forward and on thursday we're gonna have a special guest
1: whoo a special guest on thursday I cannot wait. So make sure you tune in to the Believe Podcast Network. Make sure you check out the YouTube page and you follow us at Believe in Lions on Twitter and on wherever you get your podcasts. We're everywhere. So with that in mind, you're ready to break it down, Jerry?
0: Yeah. One, two, three. You gotta believe! believe. (laughs) (laughs) You got me.
1: I believe, I believe, I believe. I love the Lions. Say it with me. I love the Lions. I believe, I believe, I believe, I believe, I believe,
0: I believe, I believe. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B L E.